Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. And this week, we are going to discuss anger. All right. What do you want to discuss about anger? All of it. All of it. All of it. All of it. Uh, Vin, anger is one of these things that everybody has. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets angry. Mm -hmm. Everybody has feelings on anger. Some people believe that anger is a moral value. Anger is a very disrespected emotion. But I would have to say that the one thing that I can almost unequivocally guarantee is that nobody understands anger. Fundamentally, I would say that anger is a part of our danger reaction system. You know, the, the whole fight or flight thing that we all go through. Does that make sense? I mean, it, no, 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 it doesn't make any sense at all. So if you get, because isn't fight or flight part of the, the scared? Like, aren't you scared? I mean, if you point a gun at me, well, fight or yeah, flight's going to kick in. Sure. But that's not the only thing that can trigger it. Okay. You know? You know, because anger makes our blood boil, so to speak, right? It gets the adrenaline pumping and that's, it's all, it's all one big happy system. The problem that we have is that some people don't learn how to rein it in. You know, we have, we have a massive, in my opinion, we have a massive anger management problem in this country. So you don't think we have an anger problem in this country. You think we have an anger management problem in this country. Yeah, it's not the anger itself. It's, it's not being able to control it. It's uncontrolled anger that's the problem. So is it okay to get angry? Let, let's address that right off the bat. See, I, I was raised that all anger was bad. If you are angry, you have lost control, you are a bad person, it's a moral failing. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I don't agree. Now, I'm not a person who gets angry a lot. And when I do, it's usually at inanimate things like computers and cars. I do remember uh, you beating up your car once. Yeah, it has happened. So yeah, anger is, is a, a perfectly natural reaction. Anger happens. It just does. And, and there's no, no reason to feel guilty for it because it, it is, in its own way, healthy for us to express anger when we need to. And well, we give an be- example of a healthy way to express anger. All right, so let's say that you're angry at a person. So a healthy way to express your anger at this individual would be to to sit down with them, remain calm, explain why you are angry, you know, and basically address things in a in a calm fashion. So things like using I statements. Yeah. Um, I feel upset when you're late would be an example of an appropriate way to express if I was angry at you for being late. An sure. inappropriate would be to be to raise my voice at you scream at you, call you names. These, this would be, it'd be the same anger, but an inappropriate way to express it. Yeah. And another unhealthy way would be to smack me upside the head. Well now, and this is the interesting thing for me. I believe that a lot of people believe that anger is the step one away from violence. And that's why people are so uncomfortable with anger. Yeah. Except it's not, it's actually two steps away. Okay. What's the step in the middle? Not being able to control the anger. So anger is perfectly healthy. Not being able to control anger is unhealthy. And violence is, of course, is one, unacceptable, and two, what people fear that all anger is going to lead to. Yep. Okay, so how does this relate to mental illness? Mm. I mean, because people with mental illness are, one, often accused of 
contributing to all of the violence in society. But two, people with mental illness are, are also commonly referred to as angry. Society believes people with mental illness have this anger management problem that you speak of. Do we? No, not really. I mean, the mentally ill, in many cases, as you know, have a perfectly good right to be angry. You know, you don't want to be bipolar. It would be logical if you'd be angry about that. But anger itself doesn't lead to violence, right? Right. Again, it's, it's the lack of control. And in the mentally ill community, let's put it that way, you're not going to find that people are any less adept at controlling their anger than in other sections of society, with the possible exception of those with schizophrenia. It's a little bit higher in that population. Well, a little bit higher is certainly not the same as everybody with schizophrenia is violence. No. The example that I always use here in Columbus several years back, we, we had a, a freeway shooter. Uh, literally, somebody was, was shooting at cars was on shooting the freeway. shooting freeways? Oh. No, no, no. They were shooting the cars on the freeway. And as we know, 1% of the population, uh, thereabouts, lives with schizophrenia. So in Columbus, you know, we have a million people. So 1% of a million, Vin, you graduated from college. What's the math on that? I was an English major. I keep telling you this. Don't make me do math. <laughs> so I, I, I believe that's 10,000 people if my, if my math holds up, correct? So okay, 1% yes. of a million is 10,000. All um, right. We, we might need a fact checker on this episode. But we had one freeway shooter who did, when, when we caught them, uh, was a person with schizophrenia. The other 9,999, of course, all got blamed for that of violence, of course uh, they did. even though there was only one. So we, we've sort of gone off course a little bit. We were talking about anger, but I, I really think the, pe- the reason that people are afraid of anger is because it leads to violence. And when it comes to people with mental illness, they believe that we're all violent because they perceive some of our symptoms as anger when they're just symptoms. Right. Uh, and we have to remember too that violence is not a product of mental illness. It just isn't. It's, it's, people are not angry because they are mentally ill. They are angry for other reasons. Well, now, now wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. Vin, isn't it true that all murders are committed by people with mental illness? No. Yeah, and it sounds stupid when you say it out loud, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, so, it does. so this, this general belief that society has that you can spot violence by way of mental illness, by way of anger, that's, that really just doesn't hold up. Let me play devil's advocate. Do it. If you see a person who has a history of being violent, yeah, yeah, you better keep an eye on that person. But that's the only predictor. Right. That that is, that's it. You hit the nail on the head. The only thing that predicts future violence is past violence. Mm -hmm. Anger issues don't predict it. Mental illness doesn't predict it. Race, color, gender, none of that predicts it. But, But... Our society believes it does. But you will also find that violent people are violent because they have anger management failures. They haven't learned the skills that we were all supposed to learn as children to control things, to balance things out, to allow the more rational part of our mind to take over rather than emotion. Vin, I have much to say on this, but we're going to step away for a moment to hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. 
Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. Hey everyone, you're going to hear me say this in my show a lot for the next couple of months, but we're taking a survey of our listeners and we would love it if you could participate. It will help us learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener or how frequently you listen to this show. So please take a minute and visit our website at psychcentral.com show. You'll find the listener survey link right on that homepage or inside any of the World of Psychology links. And you can complete the survey anonymously. It's a lot of fun. We would appreciate it. And hey, you might win a prize. Thanks. All right, welcome back. We are talking about anger issues here. And Gabe, before the break, you said that there was something that you wanted to, uh, to angrily speak about. <laughs> well, first off, I, I, I like anger. And, and uh, hang on, I, I know that I have a mental illness. And, but, but see, to me, anger is the first step towards passion. And it's the first step towards passion because it, when I am angry about the way that I am treated, I become passionate to change it. I am angry by the way people with mental illness are treated. I am very angry about it. And to your point about controlling that anger, I have turned that inward and learned to write about it, speak about it, educate the public, and to get people to understand that I am a person who lives with bipolar disorder. I am angry about how I'm discriminated against and stigmatized. And I am now going to explain that to you in a rational way that you can understand via my mm-hmm. writing, my podcast, my speeches, etc. You're taking anger, which is something that a lot of people regard as a negative thing. And you are turning it into something very positive. That's yes. fantastic. It propels my passion forward. I believe that anger is almost always the first step. I mean, do we honestly believe that Dr. Martin Luther King was not angry at the way that he and others were treated? That Mm -hmm. became the drive Mm -hmm. to, you know, be a leader in the civil rights movement. So if he wouldn't have been angry about it, he wouldn't have done anything. So thankfully he was angry and we would expect him to be. Right. Exactly right. Let's go back to something that you said earlier or something that I said earlier. One of us said it. People believe that people with mental illness are responsible for all of the violence in society. And strangely, to a lesser extent, they believe that we're responsible for all of the anger in society. Uh, but let's, let's keep it on violence for a moment. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, we do hear a lot about violent crimes in our 24 hours a day news saturation society. We hear about things such as school shooters, and that the perpetrators were mentally ill, had mental health issues or something like that. So it's, it's kind of understandable that we might make that association as, as baseless as it is, because we just hear it so often. But you know, the thing is, it's still a very, very, very tiny percentage of violent crime. In fact, gentlemen at the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Paolo Del Vecchio said, and I quote, violence by those with mental illness is so small that even if you could somehow cure it all, 95% of violent crime would still exist. Well, but doesn't that just mean that those 95% just haven't been diagnosed with a mental illness yet? (laughs) 
obviously I'm, I'm kidding, but, but this is the mental and verbal gymnastics that the media and our society will leap to, to get somebody to fit in whatever box. Uh, there was a school shooter. I'm, I'm not going to say the person's name or the particular school shooting, but this particular person had autism. That is, that is not mental illness. It, it's, it's just not. However, they decided that to fit the box that he was mentally ill, autism and that news cycle only suddenly became a mental illness. Now he checks the right box. Nobody wanted to think of the school shooter being one of those adorable little autistic kids. They wanted to think of him as being a violent, angry, mentally ill teenager. That's and that's how the story was crafted. Of course it's more newsworthy, but this is the problem. And, and before we go any farther, I want to say I, people with autism are not dangerous. Uh, they are not. This was an isolated case of somebody who just happened to be autistic. Exactly. And people with mental illness are not dangerous either, as you and I have said many, many times right? Exactly. However, there is something we should probably add. If you take a mentally ill person who has a substance abuse problem, drugs or alcohol, that makes a big difference. So is it the mental illness or is it the drugs and alcohol or is it the one-two punch? Or does it matter? Well, I, I don't know that it really matters, but it, it is true, unfortunately, that a lot of people with severe mental illness do self-medicate with drugs or alcohol. You know, that's going to factor in because that factors in for everybody. Joe Blow, who gets into a drunken bar brawl, would not be in that bar brawl if he wasn't drunk, right? We hear that all the time. Right. He's very, very sorry he was drunk when it happened. Yep, as if that's some sort of an excuse. Well, it's a mitigating factor for men. Whenever a man says, I was drunk and that's why I shouldn't be held responsible, it it seems Mm. to mitigate what they did wrong. It seems to work differently for women, which is another example of the hypocrisy of our society when talking about things like drug and alcohol abuse, mental illness, violence, Mm -hmm. anger. Mm -hmm. For example, it's completely unacceptable for a woman to be angry at all. Whereas if a man is angry, it's because he's driven and determined. We can't say the B word, but that's what women are when they're angry. And that's ridiculous. And these are how these societal definitions crop up. These are not real human emotions. These are just things that people say. There are different rules for different people based on their genders, their ages, their socioeconomic status, which brings me to my favorite joke. What's the difference between a crazy person and an eccentric person? About $100,000. I thought that joke was the difference between psychologists and psychiatrists. I think that's prescribing privileges. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but that's not funny. Okay, so why do we associate violence with mental illness? Well, I think mainly because there's really no clear explanation of the causes of violent crime from the mental health field. I mean, they're not, they're not offering anything. And I'm going to say it because of the gun lobby. The first thing that I want to say is I am not anti-gun in any way. I I like to shoot a gun. I I don't own a gun because I feel that it is not safe for my own mental illness. So I don't want angry letters from people saying that I'm trying to overturn gun laws or anything like that. But I will say I do have a problem with being blamed for violence so that we don't have to blame guns. Exactly. And they've been doing this for quite some time now. A lot of times after uh, school shootings, the, the, the theater shootings, any sort of mass shooting, really, the focus has not been on patients with anger disorders, but on those with other diagnoses. So if we hear about somebody shooting up a theater and they have schizophrenia, well, that fits the narrative. So it lasts longer in the news cycle. 
Uh, if we hear about somebody uh, shooting up a public place and they don't have any of these, uh, they don't have schizophrenia, they, they don't have the, the buzzword of the day, it doesn't seem to stay in the news cycle as long. Why do you think that is? Well, I think part of it is because we just don't really talk about anger disorders at all. And the mental health field is a little bit guilty about this too. I mean, if you look for anger issues in, even in the DSM, right, the DSM-5 doesn't really address anger except for intermittent explosive disorder, which is, of course, you know, a very specific kind of thing. But it doesn't address people who just don't know how to control their anger. It's not quite the same thing. But if you look at these cases of, of violent crime, the school shooters and everything, almost every single one of these things comes down to long-term anger management problems. People who were angry at something, didn't know what else to do. Misdirection of their feelings. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm sure that you would find that these people have histories of this in less violent ways throughout the course of their lives. Like, like kicking walls, for example. Sure. Or, sure. or uh, throwing a glass against the wall or uh, cutting somebody off be, in traffic. Yeah, it'll be a regular occurrence in their lives too, not just a, a one or two time thing. When we talk about controlling our anger, I think that most people understand that the angrier you feel, the less clearly you think. And Absolutely. The, you lose your ability to reason. Uh, listen, I, I've been angry. We, we've, we've all been angry, but, but I've been very angry, really angry. I have been so angry that I have seen stars. That's a, that's a high level of anger. Mm -hmm. But see, I, but as, as we've said, you have found a socially responsible way to express your anger. A very productive way, in fact. But not everybody has done that, and some have gone exactly the opposite direction. Okay, so let's say that you're one of these angry people, you're very, very angry, uh, perhaps that it has led to violence in the past, but, but answer me this. Vin, can somebody get control over their anger issues? Oh, heck yeah. Of course they can. There are all sorts of techniques that you can learn on how to control your anger. There's deliberate shifting from your emotional state that you're in to something that's more objective. Yeah, it's a concentrated effort, but you can learn how to do it. There are relaxing techniques, deep breathing, for example. You can learn how to improve your communication skills and your listening skills. Mindfulness training, that's a, that's a word we hear a lot these days, mindfulness, and it's, it's great for helping you learn how to get control over anger and, and other, other emotions. And let's not forget the good old-fashioned count to 10 before you react, before you respond, before you speak. It does work wonders. Absolutely. All right, so then let, let's sum all this up. So what you're saying is that uncontrolled anger should be considered what? Like a, like a top mental health issue? Absolutely. Why do you think society has been unwilling to accept this as a root cause of the violence problem that we have? Why well, don't we take because, anger more seriously? Why do we just sweep it under easier. the rug? <laughs> because it's easier to blame others, right? It's easier to blame, to blame minorities, to blame the mentally ill, to blame certain racial groups. It's just easier. It doesn't require us to take a long, hard look at the problem that we have in our society with anger in general, that so many of us don't know how to control it. So it's the, it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. So therefore I don't have to do nothing but sit here and judge mentality. No, I think it's less that than the fact that we are more willing to look at other aspects of the perpetrator. They were mentally ill. That's why they did it. 
they are fill in the blank. And that's why, because those people are just more like that. And it's this refusal to look at the real reason, which is uncontrolled anger issues. And yeah, it's because most people are ignorant of this. I know we don't have a lot of time left, Vin, but is that uncontrolled anger? Could that be brought on by, by trauma? I mean, if somebody is really traumatized by something like the trauma of living with mental illness and being discriminated against, could that lead to this uncontrolled anger? I'm sure it could. Yeah. I mean, we don't know a lot about it because we just haven't focused on it. But yes, there could be several different causes of this. And that certainly could be one of them. I know that trauma-informed care is becoming sort of a buzzword in the mental health community. And I, I do think that we need to pay more attention to the things that are traumatizing ourselves because the things that traumatize us make us angry. And if we can't control that anger, then we end up in all the places that we just talked about. So Vin, this has been a great discussion and we are pretty much out of time. Do you have anything right. that you'd like to add before we vamanos? I think the one thing that I would say at the end here is, I mean, we've been talking about anger and we've been talking about mental illness, but it's not just the mentally ill who need to learn how to control their anger. It's everybody, everybody who has a problem with it. And a lot of the people who have problems with it clearly are not mentally ill. Very true, Vin. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And remember, you can get one week of convenient, affordable, private online counseling, perhaps to address anger issues. Absolutely free anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.